Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. November 2019 marks the 30th anniversary of the theatrical release of one of the most influential and important martial arts films of all time, Best of the Best. This film was the passion project and love child of two Korean-American Taekwondo practitioners who happened to be brothers, Philip Ree and Master Simon Ree. Master Simon Ree is our guest today on Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Master Simon Ree is a second-generation Taekwondo practitioner and master who holds a seventh Don in Taekwondo and a fourth Don in Hapkido. In addition to being a movie star, a Taekwondo practitioner and former competitor, a Dojang owner, a Taekwondo instructor. He is among the most prolific and famous stunt and fight choreographers in movies and television. In addition to starring or having roles in almost 80 motion pictures, he has acted as stunt person, stunt coordinator, fight coordinator, and choreographer for almost 200 pictures in his career. More significantly, he is a humble, thoughtful man who is grounded in the philosophies and the principles of traditional Taekwondo. I hope you enjoy listening to him, and I encourage you, if you have not seen Best of the Best, to catch it in a theater if they're showing it for the 30th anniversary, or on one of the streaming services or apps where movies can be found. Okay, so we are have the privilege today to be speaking to Master Simon Ree. Uh, Master Ree, thank you so much for joining Taekwondo Life magazine. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So I'm very familiar with you, not only of your work, but I, I had the, the privilege to work with your, your brother, Philip Ree, several years ago when we did um, promotion and I did some writing for uh, surrounding the release of another film that you had worked on, which was uh, Underdog Kid. Oh, great. Yes, yes. So that was a, a real honor and a, and, a, and a privilege. So for those who... I'm sure that everyone is is familiar with your work, but I'll, I'll give a little bit of a background and then we'll get into it. So you are among, in addition to being a seventh Don Taekwondo black belt, fourth degree, I believe, in, in Hapkido, you are among the most prolific uh, martial artists in the world in the area of acting and stunt coordinating and work on film and television. I think uh, looking at your work, you probably have o- over 80 bodies of work that you've you've worked on from the acting side and close to 200 that you've worked on from the stunt and and fight coordinating side as well as as teaching and and doing seminars and 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 other things so uh, i thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh to speak to us so if you could um when i spoke to to your brother he had uh for those who who are not familiar you you're a second generation taekwondo family your father's a renowned uh taekwondo I uh, was a renowned Taekwondo uh, master from Korea, and you guys settled on the on the West Coast in California, and that's where you grew up. Is that that's correct? Yes. And tell us about getting into um, your own story about getting in, involved in the study of, uh, of of Taekwondo and the martial arts in, in the United States. Well, what happened was when I was uh, I think eight or nine years old, I came down with 
viral meningitis, and I was in a hospital for like two months. Oh, wow. The, doc- the doctor said if I came to the hospital one more day late, I could have been completely paralyzed or they could have lost me, or I could have been a vegetable. So after two months of stay in a hospital in Korea, after I came out, my father decided to enroll me in Taekwondo to get me stronger. So I started taking Taekwondo, and I fell in love with it. But also at the same time, I had no other choice because my father said, you have two choices. If you don't go to Taekwondo, you get spanking. If you go to Taekwondo, you don't get spanking. <laughs> so he made it he made it very easy. It was an easy decision at that point. Yes, for nine, ten years I think I was ten years old, so that was a very easy decision and my brother and I so we attended, you know, Taekwondo class every day and we learned, you know, from the Korean master. I mean, you know, in the winter time we didn't have any windows at our studio, so all the snow would come inside the studio and we had a wooden floor. And my brother and I had to get down on our hands and knees and, you know, with the rag and just, you know, clean our studio. Because we were the youngest and the white belts at the time. So we had to do all that stuff. And I think it, you know, it made us a better a people. And I think that's what's missing nowadays. You know, the, the younger generation, they don't understand that the dedication and commitment that you, you know, you have to have to become a good martial artist. I, I agree. I agree. And it's one of the things that distinguishes martial arts from from pure practice of sports. And uh, I agree. And for, for us, you know, growing up, the Dojang was, is uh, treated as a as a sacred place and, 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 and a place that is uh, treated with the utmost respect, both the way you treat the people that are in the, in the Dojang and the way you treat the the, the training facility itself. So tell me how you make the 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 transition. You you, you study obviously. Um, you you are one of the most uh, gifted practitioners. You you're you're known for the beauty of your uh, the strength and the beauty of your forms and of and of your kicks. Um, how do you make that transition from being a serious uh, martial artist, Taekwondo practitioner, to being a person? that crosses over into the world of um, film and, and, and television. I saw uh, in looking at your, your, your resume um, that you had some work uh, that you did actually in a, in, a, in a film that many folks may not know now, but was a very popular comedic film, which I think was Kentucky Fried, Kentucky Fried Movie. I don't know if that was your first one or uh, if that was in and around the time of your, your beginning. Um, so I think the first movie... It's called uh, Bruce Lee Fight Back from the Grave. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes, and that was uh, 1975. And at that time, my brother and I, we we came down to L.A. to visit our aunt. And while we were here, Master Jun Chong said, Hey, Simon, Philip, I'm shooting a movie in Long Beach Junkyard. Uh, can you guys come down and uh, do a little fight scene with me? So we did, and uh, we did not get paid. Uh, they fed us filet fish from McDonald's. <laughs> and then, <laughs> one year later, we saw this movie on Hollywood Boulevard because it got released. 
and we saw ourselves on a big giant screen for the first time and like we were blown away we were like oh wow I really want to do this so I think that was the first time that bug bit me and Philip into uh, wanting to do martial arts for the film and entertainment and then I think 76 or 77 Mr. Pong Su Han called us and he said, Hey, I'm doing a movie called Kentucky Fried Movie. And, uh, you know, we need some uh, Taekwondo masters of, you know, good black belts. So we participated in that film. Then I think the third one we did was called The Octagon with, uh, you know, a Chuck Norris. That's a wonderful, All, that's a w- wonderful film. That's one of, one of my all time favorites. Right. And um, we, were, we were all like special ability background actors at that time. We wanted, they didn't even consider us like regular actors, you know? Sure. And it wasn't, it wasn't until 1986 when Master Jun Chung was filming this movie called Silent Assassins with Sam Jones and Linda Blair that I was able to finally joined the Screen Actors Guild and uh, finally got my union card and that's how everything started. Wow. Wow. And we'll get into to, to what followed. Um, but let's talk for a moment about, uh, with some specificity, this episode is, as I, I had mentioned to you, is going to be released. Um, we're recording it a little early, but it'll be released right before uh, November of 2019, which marks the 30th anniversary of what I consider to be, and I think most Taekwondo practitioners consider to be one of the most influential martial arts films of all time, and that is Best of the Best, uh, a film that you that you worked on both from the, the the back end working on the stunts, but also that you're extremely, I'm sure, very well recognized for your role as Dehan Park, the Korean national national champion. Um, tell me a little bit about. I, I, when speaking to Philip, I certainly heard his his passion and his side. But tell me your perspectives on on that film, both in terms of getting involved in it and what your thoughts are about it 30 years later, in terms of how it stands up and what you believe the impact to be. So. <clears throat> This is what happened before we made that movie. Um, I think it was 1975 or six. I won a lot of uh, tournaments in Northern California and Southern California. So I got chosen to go compete in Korea. So I went to compete in Korea and I, I felt and saw a lot of sportsmanship and it was really really beautiful and then I think a few years later my brother went to compete in Korea and he also uh, felt this uh, special sportsmanship that martial arts uh, brings to the people so when Philip came back from the competition he told me he goes I want to write a movie and I want to have sex and drugs and revenge and violence because that's not what martial arts is about. And so that's how uh, Best of the Best kind of 
got the idea from that's how it started it. So we wanted to make a true martial art movies where you know we are true martial artists. Everyone trains hard, and you know no sex, no drugs, because that that you know early early 80s and 90s, you know all those martial art exploitative movies. Sure. That with sure. Us, you know unnecessary violence and. We just didn't. We just didn't like that at all. We really wanted to show what true martial artists were all about, and that's how Best of the Best was born. And um, about four four years ago, five years ago, I was working in Alabama with Gina Carano and Callum Lux, and the movie was called uh, Extraction. And Gina Carano and Kellen Lutz has never seen Best of the Best. Oh, wow. One of the, act- so one of the acting coaches that was uh, with us on the film movie set told our actors, you got to see this movie. So one, one day after we finished working, we went to Kellen Lutz's hotel room and we saw the movie. And I haven't seen Best of the Best back in 25 years. So as I'm watching, I'm going, oh, I could have done this better. Oh, I could have done that better. That's what I was thinking about, you know? Right. And when the movie was done, and then we turned on the light, Gina and Kellen, they were both crying. Wow. Yeah, and I realized, wow, after 25 years later, it still has an impact. You know, so I felt good about Best of the Best. I was very proud of that movie. As you should be, and I, and I think you, you raise an, a, a great point. And I, I'll tell you that in anticipation of uh, the work that I'm doing on the 30th anniversary and in speaking to you today, I, I actually watched it last night. On uh, uh, It was on Google Play, so I watched it. So it was fresh. And I saw it actually in the theaters when it came out. And I was practicing Taekwondo at the time. That was early on in my Taekwondo uh, journey. Um, and the film holds up, and it is still extremely emotional. And I've heard uh, in speaking to, you know, we're, we're in 144 countries, and, and, and we, we, I've been doing this for a long time, and I come across, and I always, always the, the issue of uh, influential films on martial artists, because I think so many people in martial arts got into it because they were in, impacted by seeing martial arts films or seeing martial arts, you know, television. Uh, and Best of the Best is one that has, always consistently come up as uh, being one of the favorites of Taekwondo practitioners. And uh, it was held up surprisingly well when I saw it, when I saw it yesterday, because films don't necessarily always age, age that well, but, but the, the message is, is powerful. And I think uh, the fact that you, um, that you try to focus on, on a film that focuses on real uh, martial arts, Values as opposed to, as you said, the 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 extreme, especially during that time period, um, to to avoid, you know, just simply exploiting the the, the violence and and the sex. The ending of the film is is an extreme extremely powerful. One of the things I thought was very interesting about the film, in retrospect, is the landscape of martial arts and Taekwondo in the world has has changed so dramatically that the film was ahead of its time in the sense that it deals with the issue of the emergence of high-level Taekwondo um, competition outside of Korea. 
and the globalization of Taekwondo at a time even before Taekwondo was a sanctioned Olympic sport. And I'm wondering in terms of your looking in the rearview mirror now, is that something that you felt uh, at that time? Because obviously up to that point, the real center and, and base in terms of world champions were coming from Korea and really largely only from Korea. But that dynamic has changed so that Taekwondo is so global now. Um, and I didn't really sense it, obviously, when I saw it. But seeing it now in retrospect, I go, wow, that movie really picked up on that in, in, in my mind. Was that something that you feel as well and something that was conscious in your mind in terms of the changing landscape at the time that you guys made it? I don't think so. My brother did, but I sure didn't have that knowledge of thinking this that this was going to happen, you know, this big. Uh, what happened while we were making this you know, the ending, when I go to my brother and hand over my medal to him, that very important moment, I was supposed to speak Korean and deliver my lines in Korean. And Sally Kirkland, who played uh, our coach, I mean, American team's coach, she right. was going to translate what I said, and then Philip was going to respond. But somehow that day, when we were getting ready to shoot, Sally Kirkland wasn't feeling well that day. So my brother came up to me and said, Simon, uh, we're going to have to, you're going to have to just deliver your line in broken English. And he kind of caught me off guard because I didn't practice that way, you know. Sure. So I was like, oh, oh okay. And I, I just did it. And uh, I think somehow that worked better because if she was translating what I was saying, I think we would have lost some of that very important emotional moment. So somehow that worked out better that way. And I had... I had no idea, you know, the Olympic, because well, I think we released our movie in 89, and wasn't Olympic, Olymp, Taekwondo Olympic was, I think, the 19, sanctioning, 19, wasn't that 88? The, like, well, but the sanctioning, it was a, it was a, um, uh, it was a demonstration sport in 88. It didn't get sanctioned oh. until after the 90, in 1993, the the World Taekwondo Championships were in Madison Square Garden, and the actual thank, and the actual sanctioning um, occurred. So it was after. So it was sort of sort of the uh, the best of the best sort of straddles in between that journey of going from being a demonstration sport to being a sanctioned sport. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't aware of that. But what I I don't know whether you noticed it or not, but you know the. The Superman punch I throw to my brother's face and um Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. See, I was the first one that did that on a film and I had no idea that it was gonna pick up you know, that oh, wow. would be used that technique. That's, I mean, think about that's, it. that's very, very interesting because you see you see it so much more. Yeah, and you know what I I, again, I, I guess I didn't think about it at the time, but so you, you, that's when you open up the, um, you open the fight with the, the Superman, right. the punch. Right. right. Wow, that, that's 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 incredible, and it shows the power of and the impact of that film on Taekwondo practitioners and non-Taekwondo practitioners because it's certainly utilized in in mixed martial arts and 
and and all different types of fighting styles. So um, now your your career, your your path, following best of the best. Um, much more of the work that you do, you, you're you're so, you're so prolific. I, I I don't I can't even imagine what your schedule is like. But so much of it is behind the, the scenes. It's working in stunts and working in uh, stunt choreography and fight choreography. Uh, how is it that that becomes the area where you um, thrive? Uh, there, there has to be a natural element of you not only being able to execute, but being able to teach as, as well. How is it that that's your, your, your area of expertise? This this is how it all started. Um, when I when I got my SAG card, Screen Actors Guild card, and I was able to go to auditions and you know try to become an actor. Um, I feel like actors because they want that part so bad, they would do all kinds of things to get that part, even. That means, you know, you're backstabbing you or, or whatever. But one thing I fell in love with stunt department was that, let's say you and I were fighting or, or let's say I'm putting you on fire. I have to depend on you to, you know, put me out or vice versa. And I really fell in love with the stunt people's camaraderie. We rely on each other. We on each other, and you know, sometimes my life is in your hand, your life is in my hand, and that's that's the part that I fell in love with as far as like movie making departments because there are so many different departments when you're making movies. So that's the part that I gravitated to, and then with my martial arts background, you know, people start calling me, say, "Hey, Simon, you know, I need a martial artist. Can you come in, you know, do a fight scene and get beat up?" And in the beginning, I didn't want to be a stunt person. I wanted to be like a Bruce Lee. I wanted to do act, you know, acting and sure. stuff. But then, you know, I fell in love with that part with, uh, you know, camaraderie and, you know, depending on one another. So I started doing stunts, and I just fell in love with all the stunt people. And uh, I started doing, you know, more stunts. And after doing stunts, then you start becoming a fight choreographer, and then after that, you become a stunt coordinator. So now I've been coordinating fights and coordinating stunts, and and it's 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 very comfortable for me to make that transition. And like last, like just a couple of months ago, I was in Romania with Ruby Rose. She's the new Batwoman, and uh, oh, wow. she was in John, yeah, she was in John Wick too, and uh, she's our leading actress. And I had to make her look like a badass. And uh, and Ruby had a couple of, I think she had a couple of professional boxing matches. So she she kind of knew how to box. So I used that to the advantage, and we you know put the fights together, and it it worked really really well. So that movie that we just finished is called The Doorman, and we have Ruby Rose and John Renault. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this movie coming out sometime next year. And I hope this well, that, movie has a big impact, big impact on, uh, you know, so I'm hoping it'll be has big impact as best of the best, but we'll see. 
That's great. I, I hope so, and we'll certainly do our best to promote it. Now, in speaking to uh, Mindy Kelly, who's a martial artist, who did the uh, – yeah, she's wonderful, and she did the fight choreography on uh, the art of self-defense, which is what we, we spoke about. Uh, that episode will come out uh, slightly before this one. But one of the things that she talked about, which I think is a changing dynamic in the industry, is the unbelievably short amount of time that she had to work with folks who, for the most part, were not trained in the martial arts and who were not necessarily, uh, you know, professional stunt people to the extent that they're, they're doing a lot of their own stunts. And I think mm-hmm. the dynamics of the movie business over the last 30 years has probably changed in the sense that um, many of the films are, are so budget conscious and so budget constrained that the amount of time that they're, they're that they're taking to shoot and, and to prepare is probably a lot less than it used to be. Is that something? Is that a challenge that you find? And is that a a concern that that you deal with in terms of the people that you're dealing with? Because for the most part, while you're dealing with stunt people, a lot of the people that are in in the front part of that are not necessarily trained martial artists or trained fighters or boxers. Right. Uh, just last weekend, I worked with Chad Stahelski, who is a director of John Wick 1, 2, and 3. Sure. And before that, Chad used to double Keanu Reeves on all Matrix movies. And Chad and I, we go back more than 20 years, and you know we were both stuntmen. And it was so interesting to talk to him um, over the weekend when we were working together, he told me the, the the movie company came to him and said, listen, we'll give you $80 million. You can spend it any way you want to, but would you please make John Wick 3? Now, uh, Chad has proved to the world that he could direct because John Wick 1 and 2 made money. So, sure. So, and he takes his actors to like uh, pre-productions, and he makes them train for at least two, three months, and uh, and that's the right way to do it. Like for me, when I was doing uh, Doorman, I did not have that luxury. Plus, we were in Romania, and with Ruby Rose's busy schedule, I did not get Ruby until the Saturday, Sunday. I trained her for two days, and then Tuesday, we have to shoot our first fight scene. That's how uh, it works. And, you know, she pulled it off. She really pulled it off, and I had a good stunt double. And, uh, you know, if you're a smart martial artist, you know when to plug in a stunt double so that, you know, the the film fight is smooth and, you know, you don't realize that that was, you know, a stunt double. And that's what I have to do to make the movie work. Wow. That is, that's, that's a testament to your, uh, uh, to, to your, 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 your skill. Cause that's a different skill set than simply understanding how to kick and punch. Um, and, and, and certainly how to, how, how to work with people. Now, let me ask you, cause in the interest of time, I want to, there's a, so many things I want to talk about, but I, 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 unfortunately always constrained by time. I see that in, in, um, the, the body of things that you're doing that you still have a dojang in in uh, California and you still find time to work with people on individual training and, and, and to work um, 
with, 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 with Taekwondo students. Is that correct? Is that something that you're still actively in, involved in? Yes, I got to go teach in about three, four minutes. My private lesson is oh. waiting for me. <laughs> oh, I apologize. I apologize. No, 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 so that's not. wonderful. So, so is that is that a product of your desire? And tell me what that's a product of, right? Because you could certainly, at this point, you're you're you're, you're so busy and working on on films and, and and television. What is it about Simon Rees' personality that that uh, has you continuing to? Um, to, to teach and work with people in, on martial arts instruction? Um, first of all, I've, I had the same uh, Taekwondo studio. A matter of fact, I opened 1980, May 18th. So next year will be 40 years of me teaching in the same location. And I have so many students that I have like three generations of family. Like, you know, first I used to teach this family and then they bring their kids and then this they get married and they bring their kids. And I, I love teaching. And because of my love of martial arts and I love, when you get to know people by teaching, we, we kind of become a family. I don't, I don't want to give up that. No matter how good the money is in a movie industry, but I don't, movie industry doesn't give you that closeness with people that I have with my students. So... I love that. that is one that, that, that is wonderful and that's that's very heartwarming and I feel that I've been involved in uh, taekwondo for 30 years and for for me that my taekwondo family is as much family as any blood family that I that I have so I I certainly do understand that So tell me what is what what are you actively working on right now and what's coming up in the next for 2020 for for Master Simon Rhee? um as we wind down this interview, I know you were working last week when I called, they said you were doing work on uh, Cobra Kai, I believe. So um, is that something you're actively working on and what's coming up for 2020 for, for you? Okay. So I was teaching all the actors from Cobra Kai for third season. So I taught them for two weeks before they went to Atlanta to shoot. And then last weekend I was shooting a movie called Birds of Prey with uh, Margot Robbie She's like a super A-list actress. Sure. Um, and this one, I was doing stunts, and Chad Stahelski was directing, and she hit me in the head. I mean, she hit me in the stomach, so I bent down, and she hit me in back. Of, uh, she hit my back, and then I go straight to the ground. And she had this fake um, rifle, and uh, one time she missed, and she hit my head, back of my head. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, she, you know, she she apologized, and you know, I and then and then I am up for. Remember that Indonesian movie called The Raid? Yes. Yes. Uh, Joe Carnahan is going to remake that movie with actor named Frank Grillo, and uh, I am supposed to be a supervising fight coordinator on that movie because the stunt coordinator told me he was going to hire about four different fight coordinators, and he wants me to supervise all the fight coordinators and you know, do the teaching to the actors. So that was that's supposed to be happening sometime, either end of this year or next year. So that's what's waiting for me. That's wonderful. Now let me uh, ask you, because uh, there are folks out there who want to be able to find out more about you, uh, be able to to check out what's happening in your career. What is the best place for people to connect 
with Master Simon Ree, either on social media or a website? Uh, are you an Instagram or Facebook uh, person, or is it is it through? Well, what's the best place for people to find out what's happening in your in your career? Uh, probably Facebook and Instagram. I have um, both accounts, and you know, I try to post at least once a week so that people know what's going on. Wonderful. And we'll, what we'll do is we'll we'll post those links to your Facebook and your Instagram um, together with this episode. Great. And and we encourage folks to to check out your your work. And we certainly encourage, again, what, this episode is being released around the 30th anniversary of Best of the Best. I encourage everyone to check out this amazing film, Master Ree's performance and his, his work as Dehan Park and his brother, Philip Ree's performance as Tommy Lee. Uh, really, really uh, wonderful. And, and you both have been such unbelievable role models for young people and martial artists throughout the world. So I, I thank you so much for, for, you know, for that and for taking time to talk to us. And I'd ask you in winding down, if you have some advice to give young people who are getting involved in the martial arts, what would that be? Um, find the right studio. Don't just go to the studio with, where they teach you how to fight. Try to find the studio where they teach how to be humble and respectful and, you know, the, the old traditional way. If they could do that, I think they'll get more out of it than just learning how to fight. I think that those are wonderfully wise words. Master Simon Ree, we look forward to following your career and we look forward to keeping up with you. And, and again, I, I humbly thank you. Respect is one of the, the most exciting opportunities that I've had. Uh, to interview anyone in my long journalist career because I've been a fan of yours for the last 30 years. So I, I respect what you do, and I, and I thank you for taking time to talk to our, our listeners. Thank you very much. Have a good evening, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.